welcome, welcome everybody to Becky Left the Chat presents the 90s mixtapes. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host Jen. Hello. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Happy holidays. I have a dog underneath me that's definitely creating some sort of <laughs> movement here. Uh, Jen. Mm-hmm. Are you excited for the holiday season that's upon us in the year 2023? I'm excited for New Year's Eve. Okay. And that that's going to be the last day of 2023. If we're going to be true. honest, that's, that's what true. I'm excited for. That's I'm true. getting attacked. I know. You're getting aggressively uh, attacked here. But Bye. it's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful dog. Bye and talk. So we are, this is a five-week month, five Fridays. We are actually recording this part of the episode on a Tuesday in the afternoon. Special little part. I don't know exactly when we'll get back in. Probably, definitely tomorrow, I would think, just because it's going to be fresh in our mind. But as you guys are aware, this is our movies episode. So movies episode, we do our rundown of the movies that came out that month in 93, which we're going to cover on the second half of this podcast, which we're actually probably going to do most of it the second half. But this first half, we wanted to come in because normally, we pick a movie that we're going to watch that we ask the other person to give us the synopsis, going in blind, without knowing anything about the movie. So, my big blind spot in the 90s is music outside of uh, kind of grunge and alternative rock your big blind spot though is kind of movies right you saw some movies you've seen a lot of the big big hit movies like if i ask you to describe for example wayne's world 2 which came out in december you could probably describe most of it right um i know about wayne and garth i have no idea the premise of that movie no. wayne's doc that's the whole premise of the movie oh yeah i don't like, i saw we're gonna it bring back woodstock and call it wayne's doc so I think kind of even though we watched Wayne's World 1, was it last year or the year before? I don't know. Last year, because it came out I, last year. I don't know if I could really even give you the premise of that, and we just watched it. So I'm bad at I'm bad at this. Well, I, you, I see movies, I forget I see them. But I really did, like, I feel like I didn't see a lot of popular movies growing up. Okay. That's fair. I, I was, like, that forced fair. by a friend when I was, like, in high school to watch Ferris Bueller by well, some friends. Because they were like, this is insane. Everyone has seen Ferris Bueller but you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. I would agree. Do you? Could you give me the synopsis of, off the top of your head, Grumpy Old Men? Another movie that came out this month. Mm, no. I've seen it. I think I've seen it, like, within the last 15. I think we, I think I saw it. With you at one point. Grumpy Old Men? Mm-hmm. Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau? I've only seen it, like, once. <coughs> okay. And I can't. No, it's about men that are old and grumpy. They're friends, right? And No, they're kind of like... Foes? They're not, like, foes. They're, like, frenemies. Okay. And they're, like, neighbors. I know it's funny. Like, I remember, I remember watching it at a protest because other people wanted to watch it. I think we, you were there. And... Than actually thinking it was funny. Well, what it was is that these two guys have been, like, legendary comedic actors that have worked in movies before together mm-hmm. when they were younger. So it's one of those things that, like, oh, okay. So you put back Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau, right? It would kind of be like if in 15 years from now, they're like, here's Owen Wilson and uh, Vince Vaughn in a movie together. 
15 okay. can you at least make it 20 so that might be 20 I, no because you know what it is is like when i think of jack lemon and walter matthau in this movie i think of them as really older me like, too i think of them as like 85 90 <laughs> but i think they were in their late 60s no but we're not gonna do that we're gonna make them i think 90 and <laughs> right i don't think they were that old so but again the point being and then there was like an older lady too i think it was i want to say it was like maybe <sighs> sophia loren or somebody too so it's like they're both of them are like a new a new widower moves into town, so both of them want to hook up with the widower, so then they're back to their old ways of fighting each other. And then in the grumpier old men sequel, which that's, mm-hmm. you know, the ultimate 90s trope, you find a comedy people like, just do another one. In grumpier old men, <laughs> right. then another lady moves into town. So now, you know, the loser of the battle for the woman, because God forbid the woman can make her own decision, she has to pick one of them, right? Is it Anne Margaret? Anne Margaret. I think the next one is Sophia Loren, then. In Grumpy Oh, Sophia man. Loren was in that too, it appears. Mm-hmm. But, having said that, the movie that we're actually going to watch, I've never seen this movie before. Oh, so are we both going to give a synopsis? We're not, because oh. I actually read the synopsis, and then I was like, wow, when I first was looking through the movies, to be like, wait a minute, this movie stars this person, this person, that person. What so, a missed opportunity for us to see who's closer well, we'll have to do that next year because the thing is, when I read this, I didn't understand what I was actually reading because I'm right. like, I've never heard of this before at all. A lot of times I've vaguely heard of something. Um, like, what's eating Gilbert Grape? I know I've never seen it. And we've, we've talked about it and we might circle it maybe for next week that's for this, a that's slumber party. That's this month too, right? That is wide this month, but it came out like... Limited release, I think, in October, because we were talking so. about doing it in October with Demolition Man. I know, I really wanted to watch that, but... But, like, Demolition Man is a movie that's been out there that I've told you I'm going to make you watch before the sleepover oh, party, but that's a movie can't that... can't wait. Just like What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Well, I don't think I'm going to make you watch that for the slumber party, because the slumber party is supposed to have fun vibes. That, that It's fair, but sometimes when you go to a sleepover, like, the sleepover starts at 3 o'clock. That's true, and that's what's going to happen with us. Okay, okay. I mean, okay, that's a good idea. You can pick a movie, and your movie sounds like it's going to be Demolition Man, and I'll pick a movie. Haven't decided yet, but it might be. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Because usually when we do Slumber Party, you might go to Blockbuster, you rent two movies, so you don't necessarily watch them, like, immediately. Okay. Usually you go to Blockbuster, rent some movies. Doesn't Schindler's List come out this month, too? It does, but I'm never watching that movie again. I've seen it. You didn't think I'm it was good? It. It's a perfect 10 movie. Uh, sure. I'm not going to say anything negative about the film, the film's <laughs> cultural impact, or anything having to do it. It's a movie that I don't need to see again. There's certain. There's another movie that I saw, I believe it was, uh, it's later in the 90s, and I think it was called, the like English translation is like, uh, The Postman, El Postino, and it was Italian, also about the Holocaust. I don't need to see that movie again. There's just movies that you watch, and you're like, I don't need to see that. I just... I feel like if I'm going to rewatch a movie, it has to have a couple different things. One, it has to have, um, I have to like be wanting to feel something when I'm watching the movie. Now that could be whatever emotion, right? I want to watch a horror, an old horror movie because I want to watch it with you and I want to see your reaction or I want to see something that maybe I missed, right? So either I want to rewatch something because I want to take something from it, be like I missed something, or I want to rewatch something because I want to feel something. I don't want to feel the despair that is Schindler's List. I don't want to feel that. I don't need to feel that. I didn't miss anything. I don't need that. It's like, there's nothing there for me in that film. It is It is a perfect film. We, we talked about it last year in our movie club. Like, it is, and I hadn't seen it. That was the one and only time that I feel like I want to see it. 
Another movie I feel like, like it is one of those things that you really should watch once. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't disagree. I'm not disagreeing like Ray, with Ray. Was it Ray Fiennes? Is that how you say? Yes. He's so good in that movie at just being the biggest bastard. Like you, you know what I mean. But also, like you, like we saw Jojo Rabbit. Remember seeing that? Yeah. And that was kind of like funny. But again, it's another movie where I'm like, I just don't need to. You know, see the thing about that movie is I started movie. watching it thinking it was gonna be just funny, and it like hurt my soul. You know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> and Schindler's List is just a movie that hurts my soul, and I don't know when I'll ever be at a point that I can go. You know, I really want to sit and watch this. Like, have I, you ever seen The Pianist? No, but I know how Oof. I know how tough that is to get through. Again, another movie where I'm like, I just it's just not so. For the same reasons, that movie actually isn't as bad because I think it just follows like Adrian Brody's character, and he's like in hiding. So I don't think you see. I mean, it's still really bad. I'm not gonna say it's not bad, but it's it's more like I'm gonna go tangentially inducing tangentially, right? Not the same, but similar. Where you're like in terms of emotion. Like, I saw It with Tim Curry when I was a kid, the miniseries, and I know what it is, and I know the book of It, and I know the whole thing. That's why I never watched the other ones. I don't need to see it. I don't need you to attempt to bring these emotions out of me. I'm good. Like, if they did a shiny remake, I'd be like, I'm good. Really? I I would watch that. No, I I know what the first one is. And when I want to feel that despair and, like, anxiety and, like pent-up sadness like i can go to the shining it exists right that's why you should don't watch it around the holidays it doesn't bring anything to me like a halloween movie like it doesn't a lot of people might i don't like it because i don't like how it makes me feel right it really <clears throat> i just don't like it and that's the thing about <laughs> re-watching movies is like i feel like you have to have something you like like i could put star wars on a million times because it always makes me feel like silly and playful and childish and always feel like there's just this the you know that whole idea of you know long time ago galaxy far far away it's just wonder right it's fantasy you just go into this world and you're part of the fantasy whereas something like star trek which i could also watch because i like that too that takes place in the future so you're like okay this is where we could go right versus where we were in a different galaxy and it makes you think and you just suspend disbelief that's those movies and a movie like Wedding Crashers, which would be canceled a million times now, or Step Brothers, which Step Brothers still gets play. Step Brothers is so funny. But I do see Wedding Crashers on TV too. But those two kind of movies, they remind me of a certain time of our lives, right? I was of a certain age that a lot of those jokes hit, especially Step Brothers. I always I remember. I do feel though, like even when Wedding Crashers came out, I think I saw it in the theater. I thought it was funny. But there were parts that I was like, this is cringy. Like this, like there were parts of it, even when it first came out, I'm like, this is not okay like this seems fucked up like but that's the thing about comedy right and that's the beauty of even talking about all these movies right now before we get into this movie the thing about comedy is that comedy is always a slice of what people found funny at that time and what the humor was what was acceptable what wasn't because it's always boundary pushing when comedy is bad in my opinion it's when the people aren't trying to push any boundaries when you're just trying to play it safe and you're trying to appeal to like Everyone, everyone in a way that you're not trying to bring any edge to yourself because that's what you need to do when you're doing this because that's how you're going to stand out. That's how you're going to be remembered. I use Wedding Crashers as one example because like we, we quote all Isla Fisher's line where she's like, I'll find you. We quote that all the time. Um, me and my friends do like all the, as, as a joke because it's just like that crazy stalker person. Like they hit a lot of different people in the right way, but it was very over the top and silly. 
Right. Like, there's no way that those guys are getting on that island, the Christopher Walken. Like, it's just not, the whole thing is just stupid and silly. But it's definitely demeaning to women. It definitely couldn't be remade now, right? Yeah, no. Um, but part of, you know, part of it is that ending where the women are in on the, the joke, too. They're all going to go crash weddings. But that whole idea, you're like, how, like, could you crash a wedding? Maybe you can crash one 350-person ballroom wedding at a hotel. You can't crash, like, a hundred weddings in a season. That's just silly. That's just silly. The whole idea is silly. The whole premise is silly. The whole thing is silly. And then Step Brothers, like I said, again, just a completely ludicrous concept. That when you look at all their other movies that surround that, you're like, okay, what is the one movie that seems to still get played all the time in Step Brothers, right? Anchorman does too, but it's trying to do a certain time. We digress, because what I'm trying to say... No, I'm going away. I'm <laughs> I see you go away. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is you have to want to rewatch something in terms of Schindler's List. And this was a movie that I saw with these people. And I was like, I have no idea how all these people were in a movie and I have no clue what it was. And it's because my parents would have never watched it. They never would have rewatched it. And believe it or not, it's actually on Showtime like this month. So, I mean, it's out there. It's a movie that's out there. Do we have Showtime? We, no, no, we do. We have Paramount. Oh. It's Paramount Plus and oh. Showtime now, so that's what we'll be watching it on. But we're going to watch a movie called Six Degrees of Separation. Six Degrees Yeah, we're of only separation. doing one movie this month. Right. So we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. So, Jen. Mm. Six Degrees of Separation is the name of the movie. Kevin Bacon? Is adopted from a screenplay, a Pulitzer Prize nominated screenplay in 1990 of the same name. It stars Stockard Channing, Donald Sutherland, Mary Beth Hart, Bruce Davidson, or Davison, Sir Ian McKellen, <laughs> and Will Smith in his dramatical or drama debut. I don't know who most of these people are, I'll be honest with you. Well, it, I know Ian McKellen, obviously. Okay. Donald Sutherland? You don't know who I know, you know, Kiefer I know who, Sutherland's dad? I know who Donald Sutherland Yeah. Everybody else, I don't know. Okay. Except for Will Smith. What do you think this movie is about? I think it's about um, the six degrees of separation that one of the characters has with another one of the characters. And it will explore the relationships that um, form that six degrees of separation. There might be a love story in the mix. <laughs> okay. So kind of like Crash, you know, or like even Love Actually. How some characters are like related to other ones and then others aren't. Not related, but you know, have like relationships with other ones. And that's okay. how they're kind of all connected. So the only thing I'm going to tell you, because we're going to pause the recording, go watch the movie, then we're going to come back and pick up the recording, so we can. There's going to be a dog. Movie. I named you a bunch of crusty old white, older white people. Okay, but that's the thing is I don't know who these people are. I knew who three were. One was a young black man, and two were older white people. The other people I didn't, I didn't know. Okay, that's fair. That's the point that I'm trying to tell you, though. You're like. Six, when you watch this now, you're going to be like, what the fuck? 
Because it's going to be like, that's what I was when I read it. I'm like, am I reading all this right? Like, am I, am I reading this correct? So, having said that, the year is 1993. We have gone back in the way, 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 way back machine. We are at a uh, local United Artists Theater. I remember the UA of, uh, of Pachoki when I was young. Yeah. We're there. We snuck in. You didn't go to Bro- I, the Brookhaven Multiplex? No, no, no. Okay. No, because my family I, I did both. I did both. Or I would go to the uh, Movie Land Cinemas. Wait, your family lived in Patchogue? No, the UA of Patchogue was by uh, 112. Oh, no, no. It was uh, Quorum UA then. It was Quorum UA. Oh, yeah. My Patchogue was off Sunrise Highway. You never went over there. No, Quorum UA then it was. Okay. It was by the old... That by makes the, sense. By the bar you used to work at. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. The Brookhaven Multiplex is, was by... Uh, Nobody cares about this. It was by Bullwinkles. You know what that is? On no. a Long Island. It was, I think, off Peconic okay. or where okay. we used to live. We're digressing about who's what. I, I misspoke. Point is, go to the <laughs> multiplex. We're sneaking into the movie to watch this movie because we're very young and we're not going to understand any of the themes. But let's check it out. Guys, we'll be back for part two. <laughs> Bye. And we are back. Jen? Hello. We finished our, ta- our watching. Our- watching we finished the watch of six degrees of separation a movie that i had read the plot of a little bit before and thought this shit is really strange back in uh november for us to watch it how do you think you did based on what you said before oh terrible is there anything that could have prepared you for what that movie was no i had never heard of this story i never heard of the because it was based on a play right I never heard of the play. Um, by the way, I just Stockard Channing. Yes. I do know who she is, even though I said I didn't know who that person was. Right. I it do. Was one of those I like once like, you oh, saw her on screen. From Green. Okay. Yes. Obviously, I know who she is. I just uh, I'm bad with names. Um. Yeah. This was not. I think I guess it was something kind of like Crash or Love Actually, where like all these people are kind of like their stories kind of come together and i guess that kind of sort of happens in a way yeah, when I mean, it comes to the people who are quote-unquote victimized well because every per, well because everybody that's victimized by paul is probably within six degrees right it's because the idea that he meets the one kid that went to that high school who then gives them all the information for all their parents right so however those kids are connected to that kid exactly and i think the idea of the six degrees is that like literally everybody on the planet could be mapped to each other within six degrees of separation do you think that that's really true i don't know i like to think it is yeah it's tough though it's tough to say i mean I bet it is. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's... it's. I mean, uh, with some maybe some exceptions, if I know she said something like, oh, like even people who live in like rainforests or something or, you know, are indigenous to an area. There are certain people that I'm like, if they only know the small village of people around them and they never leave from there, then maybe not, right? But yeah, well, I, I think for the most part, 99.9% of people, yeah, I do. I believe it. Yeah, I, I would say it's got to be how how they want to how they want to define it. If they want to define it like historically, or if they want to define it like living people. But I mean, it's definitely worth uh, it's worth some ideas, right? Because because you, you got to figure already. There's a pilot and a and a stewardess 
somewhere out there that uh, could help connect people across continents, right? You know, somebody went on an airline, going from one place to another place, right? And then that's how you, they, they're connected with the pilot. Pilot's connected somehow with somebody, you mm-hmm. know, in a local city's, uh, you know, so like in a weird TSA agent. So there's a way to like sort it all out. So did I ever tell you like how I'm, this is, it doesn't age well. This, like many of the things in the 90s, does not age well. Mm. Did I ever tell you how I'm connected to Mel Gibson? No. How are you connected to Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson's aunt was my grandmother's very close friend. Okay. And they lived, like, on the same block. And they were very good friends to the... I am pretty sure that his aunt... And I know her name, but I'm not going to say it. I don't know. I just feel weird. His aunt, was. I'm pretty sure was one of my aunt's godmothers. Okay. Which is not, doesn't sound like a big thing. I never met the lady, right? Like, that doesn't mean anything to me. But then now that's only my grandmother to his aunt, right? So now I have, I don't know if my grandmother ever met him. Probably not. But like now, so that's only a couple degrees between me and Mel Gibson. So that really, he's, I've not, doesn't mean anything to me. So that to me is just kind of like, proof of how easy it is to see True. how we yeah. really are all that closely connected because he lived what in australia but really i think he lived in upstate new york for a while and that's probably how no i don't know it's no, weird I mean, right i mean it's 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 i mean it's a factoid it's not i mean i guess it's not that weird right because it's a factoid but it's kind of like that probably puts me in six degrees with almost everybody in Hollywood, right? Like, well, like and I, I, I don't know anybody. I know that my mom had like a like a business relationship, uh, in a certain way. Well, she was see see when I say that like that, and I got to think about it how better to say it. But she was involved like uh like um professionally, right? With like Mario Puzo's grandkids, right? So then she could have known people on uh anything having to do with um. Like the Godfather movie, if you met some of the people on that cast, so I guess you can go that way. Same kind of thing. Yeah. You know, um, and it's it's not at all. It's very innocuous the way that my mom was even connected there. So. Right. Because my mom was a teacher, so it was it had to do with learning children learning. Oh, yeah, it wasn't yeah. even like yeah. a thing. So yeah. you're just like, oh, okay, right? Like how casual that line can be connected. So it's pretty cool. Right. Or even think about people that went to your high school that were famous, right? That then probably knew some of the same people in your neighborhood or you sure. know, probably knew some of the same people. That's fair. Uh-huh. To get into this movie, apparently Will Smith, <laughs> living out on the streets, uh, came across a, was it Harvard? I think it was, I think it was at Harvard or either MIT or Boston University. Somewhere in Boston came upon um, a gentleman who was smitten with him and that gentleman happened to have a little black book in exchange for um, sexual favors. Will Smith would learn all the information for each person in the little black book, which he would then use to show up at their places and their homes. That was Harvard. To, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if that kid was at Harvard though. Oh, okay, okay. He might have been at Boston University or something. Yeah, I don't know. And told some of these other kids at Harvard. But long story short, he was able to use that information to have just enough information after showing up at people's doors without any money, without any clothes, without anything. But just this wild story. He was Sidney Poitier's son. He was <laughs> um, in need of anything because he was going to meet his dad the next day. And he was going to get them a role in the live action film of Cats. Which in 1993 
it seems so absurd. Funny. It's so funny. But yeah. that that aged like fine wine because we know how bad that cat movie was. And they even talked about cats like in the way that you talked or we talked about cats when we heard they were making a cats movie. They're like, wait, this is re- I should watch cats again. <laughs> By the way. I'm I'm gonna watch it again in 2023. All right, in 2023 or 2024. One time, I think I'm gonna watch it. I think I'm gonna have a quota, like one time a year. I need to watch it. You don't have that much time left. I I get it. That's why I'm saying I think I'm gonna flip it on one of these days. Using his charm, his wit, and his story that he's concocted, gets into everybody's house, has them give him like 50 bucks, and then uh, he proceeds to. Either bring a liaison with him or pick up a liaison in the middle of the night and uh, smush in their home. It's a wild, wild, wild story. Apparently, from what I could read, it appears that lots of people actually did end up having these conversations at dinner dinner parties. And that's how they kind of figure some of this out. So I think that part was true. Also, I think that, you know, well, or, you know... They did tell the story once, but it was only a one-time incident. I don't think they actually found the person or did any of these other things. And I don't think the Heather Graham subplot is real. I don't think he acted. Well, I don't think he drove someone to commit suicide, and also made them gay. Like I feel like that was a vibe that maybe we got wrong in the nineties. Oh yeah. I mean, you're either kind of bi or you're not bi at, at well, that age. I, mean, I would think. I don't know. Strange. Yeah, I don't know if he, that character is necessarily gay. He just hooked up Made with him. Made him I don't know. It's just like the way they, it's like, oh, he's like, oh, you know, I'm not gay. He's like, yeah, I don't care. Or or you are. Whatever. However, Will Smith's character said it. And then they just like supposedly slept with him in the back of a horse-drawn carriage and then ran away. Whole lot. Whole lot of like 90s glossing. Like sugarcoating over. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. The... <laughs> you, you want to give a little background on the real person? Because I know you get your iPad up. I think you should give a little background on the movie in general. Oh, I have... You know what I have I mean, that's right the movie. The movie is Will Smith's character goes into Donald Sutherland and uh, Stocker Channing's home. Gets in there while Sir Ian McKellen's about to purchase a painting because they are art dealers. So, And the way they explain their dealing of art, it, it almost seems like they're just art holders. That they get these paintings and then they hold them. In order to draw bidding wars to then move them because they don't want actual um, museums and stuff to know that they're around, I guess, to maybe try to lay claim on them. Yeah, it seems a little bit. Which, I guess, again, that could be the reality or it's just the 90s again. Makes me This is how people think about what an art dealer does, so this is what we're going to project is what an art dealer does. Because I think that's the one thing about the 90s that I could say, you know... The only way that I could think of as a kid to really get information, you know, and we talk about this throughout, you know, it's a through line, but it's like an encyclopedia, right? You need information, something like this, like what is an art dealer? Like either you read some sort of blurb in the, like the paper, maybe they describe the person's dealing in art, or maybe somehow you can read about it in an encyclopedia entry, a Time Magazine or National Geographic. You guys have, give or get National Geographic. My grandparents got that. I yeah. love going over and reading it. Like, it was such a thing. But yeah, you, my dad but, used to get them. He he saved so many of them for so long. But that may describe, like, the art dealings of, like, a of an art dealer. Other than that, like, how else would you know? Like, now you can Google and, you know, very quickly be on Wikipedia and all these other entries to figure out what an art dealer actually does. So I feel like this is just the 90s way to be like, they get paintings that they don't want other people to know. I'm like, well, so it sounds like you're actually doing something illegal. 
right? Like the way they were kind of making it seem like they were doing something illegal because the museum wanted to know that you had a painting, wouldn't they? Like, is it because maybe they want the painting, right? You're just trying to sell, I don't know. It's very strange. Right, like wouldn't they have to buy it off of you? Or do you No, because like... a lot of times museums get them to like loan the paintings. Oh. But also like, let's say you're a museum. Let, let's say you work for a museum. It's like you work for like the institution, right? You're the man. So you're like, yo, that painting was technically belongs to like this person. So, like, mm. if we know this painting's out there, you know, maybe it belongs to, like, an estate of someone or something like that, that, like, you know, it got you smuggled know, out somewhere or something. It's very strange. I don't know anything about this as someone who is a professional artist. I have no idea about any of this stuff. And also, like, I find it so painfully boring. Art dealing? Yeah. I find it, like, if it's real, I guess. I think it is. I mean, No, no, it's again, definitely real. It's definitely a thing people do. But I'm saying if it's for legitimate purposes, I always find it strange because it's like, well, how much is someone willing to pay at this moment for that thing? Sets its value. But what else gives it its value? Because then if somebody immediately, it's like a baseball card like anything else, like its value is only valuable if you could put it in front of a buyer. So there has to be a salesman on the other side of the line to, to sell it, right? And that, I think, is the art dealer. But, but he had like a Cezanne. It's not like he had like, you know... Right. I, I, I hear what you're saying, though. I hear what you're saying. Well, right. Well, to, to go back to exactly that, he's trying to sell this Cezanne to Ian McKellen's character, Sir Ian McKellen, in order to get him to, like, drive up a price and bid against an unknown Japanese buyer. And Will Smith walks into this entire thing, which, like, shouldn't he smell, though? Right? Like, I feel like he probably should smell because he's just out on the streets all the time. Right? Like, they didn't offer him a shower. He shows up in a suit. He probably, like, I feel like it he wasn't could have tattered. Sh- I mean, I feel like he's Maybe. showering at all these... If he can manage to get into all these places, you don't think I guess he's so. showering? By the way, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Sir Ian McKellen. Yes. In the 2019 Cats movie. I know. That Do you think he only decided to be in that movie because of this movie? Like... It's you know, so funny. I'm, I'm gonna put that. I'm gonna put that on a list of questions that this podcast has stirred up. Like, is it po- like? Did you agree to that movie as a deep cut for your love of your character in Six Degrees of Separation? Like, would he even know? You know, if I asked him, because he must get so so many Lord of the Rings questions, Magneto questions, right from the X Men. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm gonna come at you. 1993, Six Degrees of Separation. When you were there and you were pitched by Will Smith the opportunity to be in Sidney Poitier's upcoming feature film adaptation of Cats, did you say to yourself, if they ever make Cats, I need to be involved? Like, was that seed planted in that script room? We'll have to ask him. We know you're listening. You can answer uh, via our email. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's BeckyLeftTheChat at gmail.com. So, Sir Ian McKellen, can you please answer that question for us <laughs> and if you just say sir ian mccallan will obviously know it's you <laughs> so needless to say will smith helped him sell that painting right paul paul helped paul. him sell that painting in exchange he was given 50 dollars. he cooked a delicious meal of spaghetti at their home for them after being allegedly stabbed he was given 50 dollars uh stayed the night all of a sudden in the middle of the night they realize oh my god there's another person here these two are naked they throw them out they tell friends at an upcoming wedding about this whole event. It's back and forth, and then other people start to connect the dots. They've also been um, soft-conned, 
right? Because Will Smith goes into your home but doesn't do anything about being in your home. He didn't steal anything. Nope. You invited him in. He came to your door, knocked on your door, you let him in, you gave him the money, and he didn't steal anything. How much do you think $50 was, is, like, what do you think the equivalent? I think it's, I think money was worth five times back then. Could be wrong. So you think it was $250? You can get you like $250 with the goods in 2020. $104.10. So, a little less than half. I think, I think inflation might have gone up. It is, it's, it's about double. Double, double, double. A little more than double, yeah. Sorry. No, no. the same thing, but I'm like, I don't know. I feel like $20 back then got you a lot from the ice cream, man. I don't know how much it's going to get you now. That's how we should try to figure out all the money, too. Just try to remember how much things cost at the ice cream, man. Then go to the store and be like, <laughs> I feel like one of those paper airplanes is like $5 now. Well, never. But they're like a dollar back then. But paper airplanes. They were cool, though. They what cool are you designs. talking about? They, they oh, don't like... make them anymore. Did you ever get those paper airplanes that like no, put I, the wings on I and only it was like, bought... kind of foamy? I know what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. I never bought that from. I only bought ice cream from the ice cream man. I never did candy or toys. You didn't buy that. You didn't buy the little, uh, little things you throw the noisemakers on the ground. Get those for fifty cents. The little snaps. Yep, we throw snaps at. Not from other. there. Not from there. Maybe from like a card store or something. I definitely. Fair. We're I digressing like, as yeah. as we come and yeah. go on the discussion of this movie because the hard part of the movie is about thirty minutes into the movie. We both kind of looked at each other. And this was the story, right? This was it. This one night, which makes for a wonderful cocktail party story. Which is... In reality. Yeah. Which is where they're even telling the story. Mm-hmm. But then we kind of spin a yarn from it. Like, well, we have to find him and we have to help him because they're like enamored by him at this point. And they want to do what they can to help him because he's clearly mentally ill, but also he's going to scam other people. Then, as I mentioned, uh, we, we do meet the... Um, down on their luck couple that came from the middle of uh, farmland country for the New York dream in Heather Graham. And I don't even know her uh, gentleman's name. I don't he remember. cons his way to stay with them. He ends up getting them to give all the money that they've saved. I think it was a couple thousand dollars, hundred dollars to Will Smith. Uh, in exchange, Will Smith takes him to, was it uh, the Four Seasons or something? Dinner at the Four Seasons. They went like dinner and dancing. Mm-hmm. It was um, it w- wasn't the Four Seasons. It was. It's a it's that Ritz restaurant Carlton or something. The restaurant that's all the way at the top of um. I don't know. I'm gonna Google it. Maybe you're right. No, I I don't think it is. Because I don't want to say like Tavern on the Green because it's not that. Six degrees. I'm trying to out Google you. Well, it's sad because you've had your iPad open. You should have had the movie. Well, queued. I do have the movie queued on IMDb, but I had the little factoid page on. You know, it doesn't even tell you. Because it's that innocuous. It could be the Four Seasons. Let's just say it's like something like that. Some sort of fancy restaurant, then takes him on a carriage ride after dancing with him at the restaurant, then uh, does some sort of sex act to him, which. Yeah. He then goes back looking for Will Smith's character. He's gone. Tells Heather Graham all that happened and ends up killing himself. And you actually walked out of the room at this part of the movie. But when he killed himself, two of the partygoers that had also been looking for him and scammed by Paul, they happened to be at that roller rink. So then they actually told the story of the kid that committed suicide at the roller rink to their friends. Oh. Because if you recall, they happened to live above a roller rink. 
on that roller rink closed at like, they were like, oh, closed at like 2 a.m. or whatever it was. But two of the party goers um, from the beginning, they actually like witnessed the aftermath of Paul, I think his name, whatever that guy's name was, uh, his suicide. So I mean, it was a vibe. It was a vibe. All this extra stuff that we're adding, these extra layers to this character. When in reality, I think these people only went so far as to uh, kind of get scammed and have them stay the night at their home. But pretty scary though. I mean, definitely a movie that I don't know how it would happen now, right? This is definitely one of those movies that is totally a 90s thing and might have even ended in the early 2000s because now, I mean, there is social media. So even if you show up at someone's door and you don't have a phone, you should pretty quickly be able to, they could pretty quickly verify any sort of nonsense story you're going to tell about being somebody's, you know, father you know sydney portier the actor is my father and here's all this information i'm oh, friends right. with your you son can they can call their kid text their kid mm-hmm. give you the phone yeah or someone in a back room could be googling all the information you're telling because his story is not just that he's like it's not that he tailor made this story for them this is a story he's telling right so he's telling the story that he's sydney portier's son like he's telling that story to these people because it will get the it will peak it will peak these people's interest and keep them interested in what the rest of the yarn he's saying. I'm not saying people can't scam other people. It's just this specific thing. Like I got stabbed. Okay, we're gonna call an ambulance, right? This is my dad. Okay, quickly Google it. It's not real, right? I know your kids. Text the kids. Like the kids will get back to you. I I, I don't think the kids off of college are gonna ghost you that long. Uh, texting does exist so yeah it's a, it's a thing i don't think you could easily pull off these days you know in the way he was doing it right in the way he was doing it because there's so many other ways to uh verify all this stuff and get someone a bed as needed i enjoyed the movie for not having you know for having no expectations i'm like okay this is a 90s movie where i have no expectations because next next month i think i have a movie that's going to be I mean, it's going to be a doozy, but I mean, that's, that's so bad. Will Smith's dramatic debut. I thought he did fine in the movie. Um, I don't, I thought everybody else was good too. Yeah. Yeah. I think you said that it was like, you were like, this is a super interesting story. Probably a really good play and like an okay movie. Like there were points of the movie where I was like, I feel myself wanting to be so bored but just the bizarreness of this story is keeping me going you know that's like because like normally like the the rich people of it all it's like a it was like a you know a little bit too snooty but then they definitely like you could tell it was a play how it was shot and everything you could tell it was supposed it was based off a play right Mm -hmm. um and i like that sometimes but if you think right now if you think right now for a second that if this was like a Netflix three-parter, that like the art dealers that are telling the story, he's definitely like, he's definitely probably has a parrot on his shoulder. He has like an outlandish hat on with like a, like a fedora with like a feather in it. Right. Like they're characters that are telling this story. And then they're, you know, animating, you know, some of the things are happening in the background, but they're getting all these other people together. Like I think of a different subject matter, but just off the top of my head where I'm like, I think of like, don't fuck with cats, right? How they had all the people that were involved trying to find this person. And then you realize, ooh, this is a really fucked up story. But you hear it after you hear all these other people that are obsessed with it. Like, I could totally see all these like socialites in Manhattan, 
you know, that got scammed by him all getting interviewed, right? If they agreed to interview or their kids are interviewing and their housekeepers interviewing the yeah. doorman's interviewing to be like, Oh yeah, why well, let the guy in? Like you're going through the cast of characters that all see this guy. You totally see it. I could totally see it as like a Netflix three parter and they could, they can pull more meat off this bone. Cause I think the hardest part with it is just really, like I said, kind of pulling more out of the wild dinner party story, right? These people are involved in this, this, one person's wild scam all around New York and they all are scammed and they're all involved in this weird situation. However, the situation is really only And they kind of all become them. like obsessed by like, it. Yeah. Yes, because what a wild thing to happen to you and then happen to your neighbor and happen to your friend and happen to another friend of yours and you're all like, what about us is in common, right? And then you're kind of sort of trying to figure out what is the thing that he's looking for with us and then also, like, to have somebody in your home like that, so violating, right? Because you do feel violated when you realize that everything they were doing was just, like... A lie. A lie to scam you, right? Yeah. Everything was a scam. It wasn't, like, half of it was a scam and then the kid's on drugs. So, like, you know, like, he did know your kid or whatever. Like, he doesn't even know your kid. But then also, like, he didn't take anything. So, you're like, what did he What did he want? Did he make copies of my keys? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, what exactly happened here? And, you know, when the movie opens, they're like, oh, my God, we could have been murdered. They take the Saison, blah, 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 blah. Again, they're rich people. So, they're thinking about their possessions. You know, they think, oh, we could have been murdered. We could have been hurt. Then they're like, okay, what about all my possessions? And so just, just the idea, like, a regular person, I, I don't know, I would just be so violated. You know, they get to go back in their world where they get to, you know, slap the doorman on the wrist. But it's scary as shit, man. That's like scary. You think that somebody can just talk their way in and you've created this whole person and then they're literally just smashing in your kid's bedroom. Yeah, it's weird. And they just leave and disappear into the night. All of it not true. But again, a great story that I think could not really happen now. That's how I kind of feel with this movie. It's the last movie that we're going to review from the year of 93 on our movie feed. So wasn't the restaurant, it is, and that's weird, and I feel like, that's weird. Wasn't this restaurant at the top of the Empire State Building? I don't know. I probably, I would imagine Central Park, because then they went into the park. I really don't know. Maybe it was Tavern on the Green then. I don't know. I've it, got completely, ups this is, I'm, I'm engaged in this conversation, but I've been trying to figure out what this restaurant is. Well, let's, let's. And I'm going to stop now. I'm let's gonna walk away. That. I'm going to walk away. Let's leave that. Let's walk, I've, I've, I'm already gone. So. <laughs> Last movie of 1993 that we'll be reviewing, except for the movie that we watch for. Well, those our are part of our sleepover, sleepover party. We're just gonna kind of just talk about that. Do you feel is a good good? I felt like this is a good closeout movie. I think it was not my uh, surprise sleeper hit of the year. That would no. actually be Sleepless in Seattle because I enjoyed the absurdity of that movie a ton. Yes, because it was absolutely absurd. Right. <laughs> and just how silly it was and how, how that movie falls apart. So I, I'm going to say that. <sighs> we're going to go back through. We're going to bring in on our sleepover episode. We're going to do our mixtape, right? So we're going to go back to the songs that we listened to of the year. We're going to put together one side of a mixtape, maybe like 30 minutes, maybe like eight, seven or eight, six or seven, six to eight tracks that we really enjoyed from the year, right? One side, you'll have the other side. We're going to talk about our favorite TV show that left, and our favorite TV show that premiered. Okay. Right? Because, I mean, we have at least Cheers and Golden Girls on one, and Say by the Bell on one side. Oh, like, are you forgetting? And then on the other side, we got stuff like X-Files. We got... 
Yeah. Um, Boy Meets World. You got a lot of different things. So we're we're each gonna give a couple minutes here, and we're gonna see. I don't. I don't think we're gonna match. To be to be fair, I don't think we're gonna match. I don't think so. So we're gonna kind of voice our opinion and and where we stand with that. We're gonna talk about the craziest news story from the year that we felt was the craziest news story that okay. we covered this year. And finally, we're gonna, like I said, give our final movie review, like our favorite movie. We're gonna talk about Demolition Man. Yes. Maybe squeeze in what's eating Gilbert Grape. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe push that. We can't really push it because it's going to disappear with 1993. It's true. We'll figure it out. We're definitely going to watch Demolition Man just for the shits and gigs. So that's going to be our sleepover party. May or may not be some drinks consumed. Uh, it might go longer. It might be a couple parts. It might be two and two. Or it might right. just be one big one. Right. It might just be one big one. We're going to start our... First official game of 90s Trivial Pursuit. Correct. Sounds like fun, right? We're, We're just going to do like a round. We're not going to go crazy because we, we got to keep the people, we got to keep it engaging. You know, we can't just be playing Trivial Pursuit the whole time. 100%. Not having said all of that. Quick little peek ahead. Quick little thought. Next month's movies. Okay. Here's the choices that I found. Okay. The Air Up There. Are you familiar with that movie? No, not at all. Okay. Cabin Boy. Are you familiar with that movie? Hmm. Isn't it like a comedy? It is a comedy. Is it with um, uh, David Spade? No. House Party 3. Okay. Iron Will which is a Walt Disney Pictures production. A movie called Intersection. Oh, wow. A movie called Blink. Not Belinda Blinked. Oh, shit. Body Snatchers. Car 54, Where Are You? And The Secret of Green Papaya. Now, I will tell you, with all honesty... That is not what what made me gasp. It's just me remembering what a January movie release was. Like those are January movies. Like Cabin Boy. Uh, yeah, I stars I, Chris Elliott. That's who it is. Andy Richter, David Spade. I remember he's like he works on like a cruise ship, I think. And they're all yelling like Cabin Boy. I think he works. He's like a I've like never a ship seen steward. I don't remember it. seeing it. I feel like it was an R-rated movie, but I, I'm not a hundred percent. Um. Yeah, I mean, we could watch that movie. We could watch the movie Intersection. We, we got to do two. I like doing two. I think we need to bring it back to We Do Two. Okay. Do you want to do cab- try to do Cabin Boy in this movie Intersection? I think we could figure it out. Um, well, we have to give our ideas. Um, hold on. I mean, look at... <laughs> I don't... I'm not watching Body Snatchers. All right, you know what? We'll come back at the end of our uh, at the end of our next episode. We'll have we could do we could do Cabin Boy and Intersection. That's fine. We can do that. That's okay. fine. And because then I was gonna say then February is where I went. Oh, because I'm like Ace Venture, and I'm like I really don't want to watch that. Uh, but we probably have to. Uh, but we don't because Reality Bites comes out in February. We have to do two. And. The Getaway is out. Like you're just saying shit now. My Girl too. No, Blue Chips. Like, these are all the movies going out in February. I'm like, oh, man. I've never heard of... You ever seen Eight Seconds? You ever heard of that movie? Luke Perry wears that, like, a cowboy riding bulls. 
I've never seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. A <laughs> bunch of good movies come out next year. Oh, my God. We're already on 94. I know. It's oh. exciting. The Ref comes out. You ever see that movie? Wait, when did Mrs. Doubtfire come out? How do we miss Mrs. Doubtfire? It came out in June, I think, because we didn't watch it. We watched other movies. Like, that's why we didn't, that's why we missed it. So how is it number one in January 94? Oh, you know, you know how we missed it? Because it probably came out in November and we didn't release an episode in November. Shit. And these other movies are still going. It came out in November. And that's how bad the movies are in January. That, like, nobody's seeing it. Okay. We can do, um, House Party 3. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, uh, no, it's tough. No, we're it's not tough. doing House Party 3. Okay. We could <laughs> PCU came, came out this what year. What is the air up there? The air up there stars Kevin Bacon and a bunch of different people, and he is a basketball scout, and he goes to Africa in order to find the next big scout, and it might have Manute Bowl in it, and I've seen that movie way too many times, um, and recall him getting like painted in like tribal war paint as he as he plays basketball. Okay, you know we're not gonna do that. No, it's like a kids movie. That right? doesn't. <laughs> Hundred percent. I just rattle off for you. Like there it is. Oh. Oh, Crooklyn. While Bumble? driving. Oh no, never mind. Okay, so I'll guess what Cabin Boy is about. You can guess Intersection because I just read a little blip about Intersection. Let's do that. Have you seen Intersection? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is Intersection about? Intersection. Who does it star? Intersection. Hold on, I'm waiting for the boop it about. I'm waiting for my page to load. No, stop it. Stop stop with the pop-up ads. Ugh, I don't want to join IMDB Pro. I hate you. Starring Richard Gere mm-hmm. and Sharon Stone. Okay, so Richard Gere is clearly like he has to be either like a doctor or an advertising executive or an architect, right? So like three jobs. In the 90s, that they just tell you the person is that job because then you just think that they have disposable income. Right. And they're smarter than most people around them, and they've gone to a bunch of school, right? Because I tell you plumber, and you just immediately think of a Mario brother. Like, just literally, you're like a, a pudgy, you know, dude with his ass crack out, right? I say plumber in the 90s, that's what you get. Okay, so Richard Gere. I'm going to say architect. He's an architect. And the movie's called Intersection, right? So he gets into a car crash in the intersection. And at the time of the car crash, he starts replaying his entire life about how he's married to, like, an heiress. But she's, like, a bitch. So he's obviously cheating on her. So he's really just, like, replaying cheating on her and then her not knowing it. And then the crash happens. And he dies. Intersection. Okay intersection i have one sentence about this movie and i can honestly not really tell how close or far you are from the truth okay but you did possibly get some aspects correct um okay cabin boy cabin boy it's about a boy Mm -hmm. who's now a man okay who lives in a cabin Mm -hmm. that was his family's cabin growing up and uh he decided he didn't he was just going to live there and he didn't have to like, you know, try to 
make it in the world. He could just go live in a cabin and like eat cheese doodles and stuff. And he meets a girl and uh So like Joe Dirt in a cabin. Ensues. Yes, but instead of David Spade, it is Chris Elliott. Okay. Cabin boy. I've I never never seen it. And then of course he gets his shit together at the end. Um, with the girl, but then they stay in the cabin. They do stay in the cabin, but then they live like a real life in said cabin. There's a dog. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I'm probably like 98% right about my movie because I did read the plot summary a bit on Wikipedia because I was going to ask you what it meant. You definitely didn't read anything about Cabin Boy. And I did mention that it had to do with Mm. a boat. And so like you're just... Oh, it has to do with a boat? Cabin. Like the cabin steward. Oh, I'm thinking cabin in the woods. Oh, I know. I let you go. Guys, it's been real. <sighs> it's been fun. This was our movie wrap from 93. That's it. We will be back to end <laughs> 2023 with our slumber party. we got a nice roadmap of what we're going to talk about, and we're going to get there, guys. Mm. If you like what you hear, subscribe. On the Spotify, on the iTunes. If you like us, we really love... Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. (laughs) Really helps. We'd really appreciate it. Um, Yeah. And we will see you guys later this week. Bye. Bye. Bye.